0: hey guys welcome to relatable happy monday i hope everyone had a great easter weekend celebrating with your families and whatever non-traditional ways that you got to celebrate this weekend today we are talking about toxic mommy culture this is a topic that a lot of you have been asking me to address more thoroughly we've talked about it on the podcast before but i'm going to tell you what it is why it's bad and why we as christian women should avoid it. Uh, Now, if you are listening on Monday, you know that this podcast episode is out a little bit later than usual. There were some technical difficulties, so I apologize for that. I actually had to record it um, a second time because the audio was out on the first one, so Anyway, sorry for the delay there, but I'm so excited to get into the subject that a ton of you have been requesting that we dive into more deeply. Okay, let's get into toxic mommy culture. Uh, What is toxic mommy culture? This is a term that I made up, or at least I think I made it up. I'm sure other people somewhere have said this phrase before but i think that i came up with it toxic mommy culture it is what i use to describe the trendy malice expressed by parents about their kids on twitter Uh, let me tell you what i am talking about and what i'm not talking about just so we can be clear let me start with what i'm not talking about when i say toxic mommy culture So what is not toxic mommy culture is saying motherhood is hard. That's not toxic mommy culture or asking for help or advice, voicing your worries or your fears or your stressors when it comes to motherhood. Talking about needing a break or a time of refreshment or rest, uh, being honest about the real challenges of raising children. That's not toxic. Laughing about something your children said or did, joking about not having it all together, or even, you know, poop explosions or all the non glamorous parts of motherhood. These are not part of what I consider toxic mommy culture. Of course, every situation and everything that's said online is different and requires us. To look at tone and context and things like that, but just upfront, I'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about vulnerability and transparency and lighthearted humor when it comes to talking about motherhood online. I think that these can all be done on social media in a way that's lighthearted, that's fun, that's funny and edifying. When I talk about toxic mommy culture, I am not indicting, like I said, vulnerability and transparency. I am condemning meanness malice disrespect and what even may very well be considered bullying and emotional abuse this word toxic is used a lot nowadays in this whole uh what i call the trendy narcissism culture the culture of self-love to say okay if you have a toxic relationship you need to cut it out what i mean by toxic is that it is infecting you it is bringing you down it is making you, your thoughts, your life, your relationships, worse, it is tearing things down rather than building things up. So that's what I mean by toxic so toxic mommy culture includes but is not limited to and this is just my own personal definition other people might have different definitions but it's my personal definition in light of what the bible says about motherhood and raising children and things like that so toxic non-edifying non-building up non-encouraging mommy culture is including but not limited to calling your kids names online A-hole seems to be a prevalent one that people just think is hilarious nowadays, but also calling your kids brats, jerks, things like that. Uh, Talking about how your kids are driving you to alcoholism, pointing out that you hate spending time with your kids or they're holding you back from doing all the things that you wanna do. You hate having them in the house and you just can't wait for them to go away. All of this, by the way, also applies to how a lot of women talk about their spouses online. And it is almost always wives complaining about these things. Wives complaining about their husbands. Moms complaining about their kids. Not always, but often. um, Our sinful and incessant need to nag as women seems to be spilling over onto social media. And let me tell you, it ain't pretty. And that is why I am talking about toxic mommy culture. There are social media accounts that are dedicated to this kind of stuff. Not all the posts on these accounts, like Scary Mommy, for example, are bad, but there is a theme to most of them, and it's this, that I am a victim of motherhood. I am strung out, I am stressed out, I am put out, I deserve better, I'm entitled to recognition and vacation, and I'm not uh, getting these things, so I'm bitter. That's the theme of most of these posts these degrading posts about kids and toxic posts about motherhood all of this is presented usually under the guise of humor and as i have learned in my experience if you call this out if you point out even from a christian perspective that a christian perspective that this kind of attitude is unhelpful is hurtful and unbiblical you will be met with a cacophony of uh, defenses you will hear things like lighten up it's just a joke moms just need a place where they can vent and voice their frustrations or why don't you give these moms some grace rather than telling them their reactions are wrong stop being so judgmental or my personal favorite just wait just wait till you have teenagers just wait till you have more kids just wait till you are met with xyz challenge just wait then you will understand and you will start talking like this about your kids And instead of just discounting uh, these defenses of toxic mommy culture, instead of just writing them off, I'm going to address them one by one uh, because some of this pushback is legitimate or it's at least understandable and it's worth answering. And I will use my responses to these justifications of toxic mommy culture to make my argument against it. Uh, First defense of toxic mommy culture is, it's just a joke, okay? I love jokes, like I can take a joke. I am not easily offended by jokes, even if jokes are targeted towards me or a demographic or a group that I represent. I have a very deep appreciation for jokes, for jabs, for sarcasm, and even some good-hearted cynicism when the time is right, but but, not at the expense of those who can't defend themselves. That's not humor, that's bullying, and there is nothing that I hate more than bullying. Uh, think about this. The only reason you, as a parent, and I'm talking universal you, because I'm sure most of you listening to this podcast don't engage in toxic mommy culture online. Uh, the reason that you, who this might apply to as a parent, feel so bold, and brazen, calling your kids brats online, or uh, saying that you are dreading spending time with them during quarantine, is because they can't read. And if they can read uh, you don't care if they see it or not because you have power and authority over them or like in the case of women complaining about their husbands online you just don't care what they think Uh, you would never say these things that you say about your kids or your spouse about your neighbor publicly or your friend publicly or your boss publicly or people whose opinions that you care about and whose feelings you don't want to hurt because they might be able to retaliate in some way Uh, in most cases kids are helpless Uh, and by calling them names online or saying how much you dislike them, you are exploiting their helplessness and dependence on you. Now, you might say, Allie, it ain't that deep. come on. Uh, They're just funny memes, they're nothing more than that. We just laugh and we scroll on. But again, humor is humor. Funny memes are funny memes, but bullying isn't funny. What other class of helpless people is it acceptable to publicly call names and talk badly about? people with special needs the elderly the poor if there were accounts dedicated to how burdensome special needs people are we'd probably think it was in bad taste right like we'd actually probably think it's immoral and we might even take steps to get that account taken down and yet it's become trendy funny to demean other vulnerable another vulnerable group of people children to get a laugh think about it Uh, If there were hundreds of accounts dedicated to how terrible wives and women are, like how dumb and annoying and dramatic and bratty and needy women are, how exhausting we are, how men can't wait till we're gone or to get out of the house so we're not bothering them. And there probably are social media accounts like this, but like, what would we say to these? We would laugh maybe, but we'd also probably agree that it's sexist, that it's rude, that it's not helpful to society at all that it's not edifying right we probably wouldn't say oh well it's fine like it's fine if lots of men voice these opinions publicly and become influencers based on their sexism we probably see these people these guys that start accounts like this as scumbags we would probably wonder if they were really decent people we probably would say well maybe the problem is with you as a husband and not with your wife if you're constantly complaining or she's constantly nagging you we would probably start having those thoughts we'd probably wonder if this kind of pervasive attitude contributed uh, contributes to society's general view of women and we would be right to wonder all of these things if these accounts exist or did exist So no, I don't think all of the memes about kids being chicken nugget eating brats are as innocuous as you think they are. And from a biblical perspective, Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, this is a verse that I I personally can certainly put into practice better and more regularly, not in relation to this topic specifically, but in general, certainly uh, in online conversations about politics and disagreements and things like that. But it absolutely also applies to the things that we say about our families, especially publicly, privately too, but especially publicly. The things we say should be good for building up, as that verse says. Pushback number two, when I say toxic mommy culture is bad and we shouldn't engage with it. A pushback that I hear is moms need a place where they can vent their frustrations. Well, yes and no. Um, As women, I think we need to be a lot more thoughtful about what we decide to, quote, vent. What I notice in a lot of us in many different kinds of situations is that we use this, sorry, I just need to vent, as an excuse for saying things that we know we shouldn't say things that we know aren't glorifying to the lord things we know don't qualify as what's good for building others up things that would be really hurtful if the person that we're talking about heard them including our kids Um, It's kind of like when we excuse gossip by saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just worried about her. or Oh, I would say this to her face. So it's not gossip. We're all guilty of that, but we know the truth that we're still gossiping. Or it's like when we say something rude to someone followed by like, no offense or just bless her heart. Uh, Venting does not give us an excuse to sin. It's not a justification for slander or bullying or tearing down or hatefulness. And again, I have absolutely been guilty of this in the past in other areas, but venting does not provide a justification for unfit, for hateful, or for mean words. Uh, Jesus condemning the Pharisees said this in Matthew 12, 34 through 37 for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil i tell you on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned jesus later says in matthew 15 And he called the people to him and said to them, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of his mouth. This defiles a person. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. So out of the heart, Jesus says, the mouth speaks. So we should all ask ourselves, uh, why are we saying the things that we're saying? They don't mean nothing. These words don't mean nothing. They mean something. Are we bad-mouthing our kids online because we hate them, because we don't like them? If so, that's a heart problem. That's a you problem. Not a kid problem, a you problem fundamentally and ultimately. Uh, are we doing it because we want attention and affirmation? This, I think, is typically the main reason why people engage in toxic mommy culture. If so, that's a heart problem. Are we doing it because we feel envy uh, towards single people, people without kids, people who seem to have it easier, or maybe because uh, we covet other people's kids, their husbands or their financial situations? If so, that's a heart problem. The mean-spirited tearing down of kids, even in the name of humor, is not an indication of your circumstances, but of your heart. So it's not an indication of how bad your kids are, how lazy or unhelpful your husband is, how difficult quarantine is, it's an indication of something that is going on in your heart. It's an indication of sin. Your resentment toward your kids is a heart issue. Your bitterness toward your husband is a heart issue. Your desire for attention or affirmation from strangers on the internet or friends in your phone, this is a heart issue. Now, this does not mean that your kids aren't behaving badly. Or that your husband isn't lazy. They might be these things. And these things might not be your fault. You might actually have it really hard. I'm not discounting that. But your public venting sessions where you are calling your kids and your spouse's names is an effort to tear them down to build yourself up. And that is pride. That is sin. And not only that, but I'm telling you it's not going to help because you have deeper, heart-level needs that may be numbed by your social media bashing, but will not be healed. The only person that can help you repent of your resentment and bitterness and selfish need for attention is the God who made you. And this God sees you. He hears you. He knows how hard you have it, however hard you have it. He knows what challenges and obstacles you face. First Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all our anxieties, all our cares on the Lord because He cares for us. The reason why you bring your requests and your concerns to God in gratitude and humility, not in bitterness or anger or entitlement, is because, yes, he cares for you, but he can also do something about these things. He can also help you. He can supply you with the strength and the joy and the wisdom you need. Memes cannot do that. A like on social media will not do that. Those people that are a part of that mom group that you're on that you're using to vent cannot do that. The friend egging you on over text message in your venting session cannot do that. Now, again, seeking wisdom from our friends. Very good. Asking for encouragement from friends or even that mom's group that you're a part of on Facebook. Good. Being transparent and vulnerable about the difficulty of motherhood. Absolutely. But using venting as an excuse for gossiping and bad-mouthing your family, it's unhelpful and it's unfit both for you and those who see inherent. Next defense I hear of toxic mommy culture. Uh, Give these moms venting about their kids in mean ways some grace instead of pointing out the flaws in toxic mommy culture. Don't be so judgmental. Well, You are right in that a lot of the moms engaging in this kind of online rhetoric may be really struggling. And they're looking for people to relate to. They're looking for some reprieve, maybe some encouragement. And maybe their kids, like I acknowledged, really are wild. Maybe their husband really is inattentive and unhelpful and annoying. So maybe this mom really is completely overwhelmed by motherhood. All of this can be true. At the same time as it is true that some speech is edifying, and some speech is objectively degrading, and that the effects of the things that we say about kids matters, that some of these things are are hurtful, they're unhelpful, and they contribute to the larger culture of hatred toward, or at least apathy toward children that is so rampant today. I think the vast majority of moms who engage in this kind of toxic online behavior love their kids and are probably nothing like their online persona in real life. But again, the question is, why are you doing it? What good is it doing? And do you find yourself taking on this online persona of entitlement and bitterness? And is that helping your family or is it hurting? Do you find yourself looking for opportunities to create a situation in which your child acts like a brat so you can chronicle it for laughs later? If so, again, who is that helping? And I would challenge you to ask the Lord to examine what is in your heart, as we should all be doing in all things. Uh, Ask him to examine what is in your heart that is making you feel the need to do this kind of thing. And there absolutely is forgiveness and grace and understanding and love for you that only your creator can give, but there will also be a call to repentance. Because remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then finally, What I probably hear most often when I bring up toxic mommy culture and just how damaging it is, is just wait. That's what I hear, just wait. Just wait till you have more kids. Just wait till you have toddlers. Wait till you have preteens. Wait till you have teenagers. Then you'll see why moms talk like this and you'll probably do it too. And you are right in that. I have no idea what you are going through i have one baby and i'm not gonna lie she is pretty incredible i have no idea what it's like to have twins or triplets or to have toddlers or to have teenagers or two, three, four, five kids, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have kids with special needs. I don't know what it's like to have a husband who doesn't help. I don't know what it's like to be a single mom. I don't know what it's like to be a mom who works 80 hours of the week outside of the home. I can go on and on about the kinds of moms that have it harder than I do. I could talk forever about all of the things that I've yet to experience as a mom that I've yet to learn about motherhood. There are many of you listening who know exponentially more than I do about being a mom. So I don't come at this subject of toxic mommy culture as an expert on motherhood, I'm not. I come at this from a a perspective of a Christian who knows what the Bible says about children as an observer of culture and as a commentator on the lies being fed to women by our culture, this lie and other lies, that you are a victim of motherhood. I also come at this as someone who is fortunate enough to be around moms of three kids four kids five kids kids with special needs and they all have different parenting styles they've all gone through their tough times and i'm sure they would tell you that they have gone through their hard moments and and mistakes that they've made but all of the moms i know do their jobs with gratitude and joy and so i know what a righteous attitude looks like in moms who have it much harder than i do and who might who might also have it harder than you do. It is a judgment of the kind of negative culture and behavior surrounding motherhood uh, that I am that that I am engaging in. And yes, I am judging that kind of behavior as wrong and as harmful. Uh, bitterness is fanned into flame and creates more contentment more envy more unhappiness in this kind of online conversation and culture and it also has an effect on our culture at large a culture which already places a low value on children it exacerbates this feeling that children are a burden and that they can be discarded at any point in pregnancy as long as it's convenient and this trans, uh, this uh, transitions me into my offensive points. So those are my defensive points against what are attempts at justifying toxic mommy culture. And here are my offensive points about why toxic mommy culture is bad and wrong and probably a little bit offensive too, to some people. Number one, yes, as I was just stating, I do believe that toxic mommy culture contributes to abortion culture. How could it not? How could it not contribute to that mentality when teachers, uh, when teenagers, sorry, and young women see moms uh, constantly complaining about having kids? Do you think that parenting sounds appealing to them? Or do you think that it terrifies them? It's the latter, there's no doubt about that. I also believe that it probably encourages apathy, antipathy, and even forms of abuse towards children. If moms feel like they're validated in their deep-seated resentment and even sometimes hate of their kids, why would they try to hide these things? Uh, Number two, it is disrespectful to engage in this kind of behavior, not just to your kids, not just to your family, but also to those who want kids and haven't been able to have them. There are millions of men and women. It's always important for us to be reminded of this. There are millions of men and women who would give anything to be doing the late night wake ups the dozen diaper changes the temper tantrums the helping with homework but it hasn't happened for them yet they have emptied their bank accounts they have spent hours on their knees praying they have waited years on adoption lists all to get a chance at having the same experiences that you right now are complaining about now uh that does not mean that you don't have the right that we don't have the right to acknowledge hardship in parenting whether you have one kid or you have seven kids we can say when things are difficult we can be tired we can be stressed we can feel like we don't know what we're doing we can confide in a friend we can ask for help we can pray to god for strength of course none of these things mean that we're not thankful for our kids just when we're being honest but remember to be thankful for your kids and don't let vulnerability which is good turn into grumbling which is bad and a sin Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, uh, to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Our lack of grumbling and complaining is a characteristic of being children of God. It helps us shine as light in the midst of darkness, which leads to my third point, which is the most important point. Number three, viewing children as brats and burdens is unbiblical. This is the third and most important reason why toxic mommy culture is wrong. And we shouldn't have a part of it. Um, if we see, secular society sound a certain way or say certain things our first reaction should never be to mimic it as christians Uh, if society tells us that kids are brats and burdens instead of agreeing instead of nodding our heads and joking along with them we should ask ourselves hang on the world is saying this is this what god says Is this what God says about kids? Is this what God says about parenting? Because as Christians, we don't care what other moms say that motherhood is. We don't care what memes say that motherhood is. We don't care what celebrities say that motherhood is. The question is, what does God say that motherhood is? The one who created it, the one who tells us what to think and how to act. And the Bible says that kids are not brats, they're not burdens, but they are blessings. That doesn't mean that they don't sometimes act bratty, doesn't mean that sometimes they don't have bad behavior and that motherhood isn't hard, but that children innately are blessings to us. Psalm 127, three through five says, "'Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them.' Uh, Jesus also used the innocence, the trusting nature, the eagerness of children as a representation of what our faith should look like. Uh, Mark 10, 13 through 15 says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus made these children. He loves them. He sees them as precious. Throughout the Bible, we see that God is the giver of children, that he creates us fearfully and wonderfully in our mother's womb, that life starts at conception and it is it is precious from then onward. And let me tell you, uh, from a first time, relatively inexperienced mom, motherhood Is a blessing any of you who have been negatively affected by people who say kids hold you back or inhibit you or stop you from fulfilling your dreams or they take too much of you don't listen to that you will experience in parenthood a love that you have never felt in your life and I know that it is a tough road ahead For me, for anyone as a parent, I was a strong-willed child. I was an even stronger-willed teenager. My parents had a rough go of it. I understand the road of parenting is never easy and that there are times to weep over it, to struggle with it, to ask for help with it, to not know what to do with it, but there is never a time to bully our children behind their backs online for a like or a laugh. And again, I want to reiterate, because I know I'm going to get at least one comment on this on YouTube or something. Someone is still going to discount all of the caveats that I've put in this and say that I'm judgmental and that I'm trying to say that women should just be fake and pretend that parenting is perfect and easy and I'm not I am NOT advocating for being fake or pretending that things are going perfectly confess your struggles and your sins to the Lord to trusted friends ask for help and for wisdom while keeping in mind something important and true you are not a victim of motherhood you are a beneficiary of it words matter attitudes matter that scary mommy Instagram uh, Instagram page might be funny but is it helpful Is it really helping you or is it making you more bitter? Is it helping society or is it adding to the negative noise? Toxic mommy culture is a subsidiary of what I call the culture of self-affirmation or trendy narcissism as we've talked about many times on this podcast and These two subjects, like I said, are interlaced, they're interlocked. And this is something that I wrote a book about, Actually, You're Not Enough, and That's Okay, Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love, comes out August 11th. You can go ahead and pre-order that on Amazon if you would like, Trendy Narcissism, is this mythical idea that if you love yourself more, you'll be happy, that if you put yourself first, you'll be satisfied, that if you care for yourself better, you will find purpose and peace, that you're really the center of your universe and everyone else is in your orbit. And it encourages this sense of entitlement, entitlement to your wants and your space and your dreams. But the truth is the fact of the matter from a biblical perspective, we're not entitled to these things. Yes, we need rest. God made us this way and dictates our rest and commands that we find refuge in him. And yes, there are things that we like to do, things that make us happy that we should do and engage in whenever we can, but our children are not getting in the way of the things that we are entitled to. And viewing them as such will make us bad parents and miserable people because it will make us bitter. Pride is always the author of bitterness. A toxic mommy culture is based on pride, on what you deserve, on the affirmation and attention that you think that you are entitled to. I saw a post on a mom's group on Facebook of a mom calling her eight-month-old an a-hole because he wouldn't stop screaming and crying. She called herself a terrible mom and said, sorry, I just needed to vent. And all the comments assured her, no, you're not a bad mom. You are doing your best. You're doing a great job. And I'm just afraid, looking at this conversation that I did not even engage in at all, I'm afraid in many cases that this is the reason why moms use such harsh language against their kids and even themselves is because they want to be puffed up. They need their ego to be stroked. But ultimately, this doesn't help anyone. The truth is, the hard truth is, we don't know if this person is a good mom. Like we don't need to puff her up with empty platitudes. We need to remind her of the truth, of the truth that it is understandable to be going through a hard time right now, but that God can give her the strength to do her job, which is to steward her blessing of having a child. A uh, toxic mommy culture, just like the larger cults of self-affirmation, trendy narcissism, all seek to elevate the self. And it should tell us something that its participants are always complaining, they're always blaming and they're never Fully, finally, happy. Remember, none of the answers that you are searching for are found inside yourself because the self can't be both the problem and the solution. That's why you see these that are obsessed with the self are often very up and down in their emotions. They're always looking for the next thing or the next 10-step program or relationship or book that will make them feel better and it helps for a little bit and then it fades. The burdens and the worries and the concerns of toxic mommy culture and trendy narcissism are heavy, but the good news is that Jesus' burdens are light. His yoke is easy. He calls us to self-denial, to self-forgetfulness, not to self-obsession. And self-denial might sound scary, but it actually frees us from the discontentment and constant striving for attention and affirmation that comes with self-worship. When Jesus is the center of our lives, when we make pleasing him and glorifying him our number one priority, when he is our purpose, then our kids are no longer inhibitors of fulfilling that purpose, but part of fulfilling that purpose. Parenting them in love and edification is a way that we glorify God, which is what we are all as believers called to do first and foremost. Okay, that concludes this episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you love Relatable, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much. And if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, Allie Beth Sucky yet, please do so. I will see you guys back here on Wednesday.